a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Some of you watched Star Wars this weekend? Well, maybe not exactly, but hundreds of years ago, in the same general area, prophets spoke of a Messiah, uh, one that would come uh, to the people to save them. They were very specific in details. They, they, they said the time, they said the place, they, they, they gave all these details of the, of the lineage of this Messiah that would come. But then it stopped. No more prophets, no more, no more speaking uh, from God's behalf. For 400 years, silence, nothing. Fast forward 400 years, a group of men called shepherds were doing their normal work living life in a normal way, kind of what I was hinting at earlier. They were, they were just going through life, doing their job. Uh, they were shepherds. They were, they, were not, they were unclean. They weren't allowed to go to, to uh, the temple to worship. Uh, these guys, were, were, they were outcasts. People thought of them as thieves. They were just out doing their job. And then it happened. Luke 2.8, and there were shepherds, these guys, these shepherds, living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. It's funny how the Christmas story plays out. Mary, a young teen, teenage girl, she was terrified when an angel came to her. Joseph was a carpenter, and he, he really didn't have all that much. The shepherds, these guys, the unclean, people who were despised, were the people who broke the silence. That's how God has always worked. That's how the Bible plays out. If you really think about it and look at all the stories, the Gospel of Matthew, the book of Matthew, was the first biblical book written in over 400 years, and Matthew breaks the silence with a genealogy. And, and get this, he includes women. Now I know, I know today that, that's fine, but at this time, he may as well be writing a, a, a fairy tale. If he wants credibility, he shouldn't include women. If he wants credibility, he should include Jewish men. That's it. But he doesn't. Instead, he includes Tamar, a woman who dressed, like, who dressed in disguise to seduce her father-in-law. In this genealogy of Jesus, Matthew includes Rahab, who was a prostitute. He includes Ruth, a Moabite, a people group born of incest, and Bathsheba, who was with, with David. This is, who, this is who Matthew chooses. This is who God uses, the line of Jesus. The world has been full of darkness ever since the curse. That doesn't get us out of the story. That's not what brings us out of it. God has been using people in the darkness and through the darkness and bringing people out of the darkness ever since. That's why his story is so amazing. And then it happened. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Jesus came from a family, family line full of darkness. The news was delivered in an unexpected, lowly area. The shepherds who were looked down upon delivered the message. And when I read all this, I think, you know what? It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter what you've gone through or what you've caused. It's where you're going. That's the story of redemption in the Bible that we have. In a world full of, full of darkness, Christmas is a time when we remember that the solution to this darkness, it's already been offered. It's already been given. 
first in the story came the light, and then the reason that we don't have to live in fear any longer. Because I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. A Savior has been born to you, and to you, and to you. He's for all of us. N.T. Wright said, Christmas is not about the living God coming to tell us everything's all right. John's gospel isn't about Jesus speaking the truth and everyone saying, oh, of of course, why didn't we realize it before? It is about God shining his clear, bright torch into the darkness of our world, our lives, our hearts, our imaginations, and the darkness not comprehending it. It's about God. God is a little child speaking words of truth. Nobody knows what he's talking about. That's what this good news is about. Not just the darkness that we see on the news or social media, but, but the darkness in our hearts. The pain, the suffering. But the light changes everything. The light is described in the Bible as goodness, righteousness, and truth. See, light offers forgiveness to the sinner. We need that. Light offers love to the lonely. We need that. Light offers hope to the broken. And light offers eternity to all. And the story keeps getting better. Jesus lived in the darkest areas, choosing to spend time with people who are most rejected. That's how the whole Bible goes. You see God working in, in the darkest areas. Jesus spent much, much of his life assuring people that he was for them. People who's, who they heard, oh, this is for me too. No, I don't believe that. No, nothing would be for me. No one would side with me. And Jesus says, yeah, actually, I do. I'm with you. To be clear, Jesus did not say that everyone will be saved. He said that everyone can be saved. He did not say everyone will go to heaven, but everyone can go to heaven. Because for the light to matter, the darkness has to be real. And so this is what Jesus did for us while living in darkness. John 1 In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through Him, the world did not recognize Him. He came to that which was His own but his own did not receive him. And here it is, verse 12. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. The birth of Jesus is a reminder that we too can can be reborn as a child of God. That's, That's how we experience this joy that's offered to all people. It's the best Christmas gift imaginable. And how did Jesus go about this? How did he do this to really let us know he's for us? Hebrews 2, verse 16, For surely it is not the angels he helped, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason he had to be made like them, wholly human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, that he might make atonement for the sins of the people, because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Jesus didn't just stay up in heaven and say, oh, I got it. You guys are saved. No, he, he lived a life. He chose to 
to feel how we feel and to suffer how we suffer. He chose to have the same pain that we may have. It's kind of like this, this man, Father Damien. I read this story from John Ortberg. He says this, Father Damien was a priest who became famous for his willingness to serve lepers. He moved to a village on an island in Hawaii that had been quarantined to serve as a leper colony. For 16 years, he lived in their midst. He learned to speak their language. He bandaged their wounds, embraced the bodies no one else would touch, preached to hearts that would other, otherwise have been left alone. He organized schools, bands, and the choirs. He built homes so that the lepers could have shelter. He built 2,000 coffins by hand so that when they died, they could be buried with dignity. Slowly, it was said, the island became a place to live rather than a place to die. But Father Damien offered hope. Father Damien was not careful about keeping his distance. He did nothing to separate himself from his people. He dipped his fingers in the same bowls as the patients. He shared his pipe. He did not always wash his hands after bandaging open sores. He got close. For this, the people loved him. Then one day he stood up and began his sermon with two words. We lepers. Now he wasn't just helping them. Now he was one of them. From this day forward, he wasn't just on their island. He was in their skin. First, he had chosen to live as they lived. Now he would die as they died. Now they were in it together. One day, God came to earth and began his message. We lepers. Now he wasn't just helping us. Now he was one of us. Now he was in our skin. Now we're in this together. On Christmas Eve, let's remember how God displayed the love to each of us. How through the birth of Jesus, God became flesh and lived as we lived. If you would like to become a child of God, if you want this joy being offered to you, I simply, I simply want you to consider these words from John 1.12. And if you'd like to come and talk to me sometime, I'd love to have a conversation. Just hear these words once again. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Hear the message, believe it, and become a child of God. I want to close with a psalm for Christmas Eve by Joseph Bailey, and it says this. Praise God for Christmas. Praise him for the incarnation, for word made flesh. I will not sing of shepherds watching flocks, or frosty night, or angel choristers. I will not sing of stable bear in Bethlehem, or, or lowing ox and wise men, trailing distant star with gold and frankincense and myrrh. Tonight I will sing praise to the Father, who stood on heaven's threshold and said farewell to his son as he stepped across the stars to Bethlehem and to Jerusalem. And I will sing to the infinite eternal son who became most finite a baby who would one day be executed for my crimes. Praise him in the heavens. Praise him in the stable. Praise him in my heart. As Jesus became the light of the world, tonight I'd like to take this opportunity to follow his lead and to, and to, to be a light in our darkness. And so in, in just a minute here, we're going to take an offering. And I know we don't always take offerings on Christmas Eve, but I want to tell you 100% of this is going to the Community Benevolence Fund. Not one penny goes to this church um, because we want to be a light in our local community. 
And so this will be a, a way that we can do that. So if you'd like to participate, just know it will go to help families in need. Uh, if you'd stay seated, I'm going to pray. And, uh, and then the offering will be passed. And uh, you're going to sing a song, aren't you? That's my wife, so let's pray. God, you are so good to us, and tonight is just a, a huge reminder uh, that you were willing to send Jesus. And so I thank you so much that, that you, it started out with your love for us. I thank you for the compassion and the willingness to live as, as we have to live. But most of all, I thank you uh, that we get to praise you because we know uh, that we have a loving and powerful Father. So thank you for Jesus, and it's his name I pray. Amen.